The Naval Academy Museum presents a history of the Navy in 100 objects. The Civil War was a watershed event in the Navy's history. It was devastating for the Navy's continuity, but also drove a significant amount of innovation and helped push the U.S. Navy onto the world stage. By the beginning of the Civil War, the Navy had already pretty much established its processes and practices. It regularly sent ships around the world, conducted patrols of both coasts, maintained permanent shipyard and maintenance facilities, and had formalized its officer training structure at the Naval School in Annapolis, Maryland. All of these were hallmarks of an established regular Navy. However, like it did to the Army and to the rest of the country, the Civil War literally split the Navy into two, leaving many officers and sailors with painful choices. Throughout the end of 1860 and into 1861, the burgeoning rebellion of the group of states that would become the Confederate States of America resulted in the seizure of port facilities and coastal forts throughout the South, including the Norfolk Naval Yard. On February 20, 1861, the new Confederate Congress established a Navy Department with Stephen Mallory at its head. At the same time, the Union President, Abraham Lincoln, appointed Gideon Wells as his Secretary of the Navy. This takes us back to episode two of our series, when we discussed the political cartoon that blasted the North's naval acquisition program and the way the blockade of southern ports was carried out under Wells. Tactically, the two navies went in different directions. Our object today is a letter opener made from the wood of Confederate raider CSS Shenandoah. Shenandoah typified the Confederate strategy of using commerce warfare and innovation to try to match the Union's industrial might. Dr. Scott Harmon will talk more about the South's commerce warfare tactics, but it's also important to understand the role that innovation played in the Civil War and its effects later on. As painful and bloody as the Civil War was, it resulted in a significant amount of new naval innovation, particularly on the part of the Confederacy. Forced to confront a much larger and more powerful force, the Confederate Navy turned to innovation in order to blunt the industrial might of the northern states. We already discussed the Battle of the Ironclads in Episode 5. When the Confederacy captured Norfolk in 1861 at the outbreak of the war, retreating Union forces burned the decommissioned wooden ship USS Merrimack to her waterline. However, the rebels raised her hulk and rebuilt her into the legendary ironclad ram CSS Virginia, who would take on nearly the entire Union fleet the following year in 1862, before engaging the USS Monitor in the Battle of Hampton Roads. The Civil War also marked the first time that navies really attempted to take warfare underwater, and the Confederate Navy drew first blood by building the H.L. Hunley, the first submarine to engage and sink a warship. Hand-powered and carrying a torpedo mounted to her bow, the Confederate submarine rammed USS Housatonic in Charleston, South Carolina. The explosion sank Housatonic, and Huntley went down with her kill. The Confederacy also attached the torpedo spars to small boats, which would attempt to ram the larger Union warships. This set the stage for later torpedo boats. 
future President John F. Kennedy would command a torpedo boat as a young officer in World War II. At the end of the Civil War, even the Confederate Navy's great innovation, combined with the commerce warfare tactics, would fail to break the stranglehold of the Union blockade. Nevertheless, it was the tactics, technologies, and techniques learned and honed in this bloodiest of U.S. conflicts that would set the stage for the United States' rise into a world-class naval power. In 1907, when the Great White Fleet set sail on its voyage around the world less than half a century after the Civil War's end, the fleet was built on the foundation of the lessons learned and technologies developed in the Civil War by both the Union and the Confederacy. We now go to Dr. Harmon. We are here in the Naval Academy Museum for this podcast on the role of the Confederate Navy during the Civil War. And an object that we want to feature is this hand-carved wooden letter opener that's made from some wood of the Confederate raider, the CSS Shenandoah. Now, the Civil War uh, was an interesting in that the Union Navy, uh, the United States Navy, now the Union Navy, shifted roles uh, historically from the Revolution and in the War of 1812. It was a small navy uh, fighting for survival. In the Civil War, it became the large navy as opposed to the Confederate Navy. And the Confederate Navy did the things typical of small navies in history. They were innovative, they, they were creative, they developed an ironclad, as we have talked about. It also used the typical strategy of a small navy, and that is, uh, in Mahan's words, gear to course, or commerce warfare. The idea is to send ships out to attack the commercial ships, the merchant ships of the enemy. That way, make the cost of the war increasingly felt by the populace of the enemy country. And the Confederates did this uh, in large part uh, through the use of three major Confederate raiders, uh, the Alabama, the Florida, and the Shenandoah. These vessels uh, sailed around the world's oceans, attacking Union merchant ships wherever they could find them and they would get supplies from them. Uh, these uh, uh, commanders were gentlemen. They treated their uh, the passengers of the enemy vessels uh, fairly. Uh, they did not uh, kill them outright, but they would put them on a cartel vessel and send them home. Uh, these vessels have sometimes been called privateers, which were privately owned raiding ships uh, or even pirates. But th these three vessels, among many others, were commissioned vessels in the Navy of the Confederate States, just as a uh, U.S. Navy vessel is a commissioned vessel in the United States Navy. These were regular naval officers uh, for the Confederate Navy. Uh, most of them had been former uh, United States Naval officers. But uh, they, their mission was to go out and try and make the war as costly for the Union as possible and they sailed for many years, uh, drawing many assets from the Union Navy, trying to find them. And finally, uh, uh, two of them met their demise uh, in combat. The Shenandoah 
uh, after raiding uh, the Union whale uh, ships in the uh, Arctic, uh, uh, the Northern Pacific, uh, found out after the war was over that she had been doing this after the war was over and she had to get back and sailed back to England where uh, the ship had been built and hauled down the last Confederate flag of the war. We hope that uh, you are interested by these podcasts and will join us for further uh, podcasts and also to come and visit us at the Naval Academy Museum and see these wonderful uh, ship models and artifacts in person. Oh,